beautiful humans, welcome to another episode of Role Models, Juicy Conversations with Beautiful Humans. I'm Jennifer Norman, founder of the Human Beauty Movement and your host. This podcast thrives on your support, so if you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review us, and thank us by leaving a donation on our anchor.fm page. So today's episode is all about how liberating it is to let the real you shine through. My guest today is the gorgeous Becca Lee, who goes by Becca Lee Beauty on social media. Becca has captured hearts with the power of her story, which includes adoption, her unique skin, her real girl personality, and her pro makeup artistry skills. When Becca decided to reveal her bare skin to the world, her whole life changed, and she's here to tell us all about it. Well, Welcome, Becca. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I can't tell you how happy I am to have you <laughs> on the show, partly because we have something in common. You were born yes. in South Korea. I was too. Yep. <laughs> we were adopted at eight months old. I was adopted at two years old. And you also have three older siblings who were adopted from Korea. And I actually have two other brothers and sisters. I'm the youngest out of six, but two were adopted from Vietnam. So it's a whole adoption reunion, I feel like. Here. Oh, I love that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know what it was like for you growing up, what your family was like. Yeah, so I'm actually the youngest out of all my siblings as well. So I've got a sister and two older brothers, and we're all adopted from Korea. I grew up in a very small town in northern Minnesota. Uh, there's like 8,000 in our town at the time that I was growing up there. And growing up, I definitely felt different. And I think a big part of me looking back now is I don't think I recognize I felt different in the terms of just my birthmark, but also different in the terms of like, I was an Asian girl in this very predominant white town. <laughs> and so I definitely stuck out in other ways as well. And so for me, I think my parents were very good, though, like we went every summer, there was a Korean adoptee camp that we went to every summer. So we still got to learn about our culture. And they made sure to include that in our lives, like we'd have Korean food for special occasions and things like that. So yeah, it was definitely interesting growing up with that kind of difference too. And just knowing that you look different than your parents and how that can kind of be with people growing up sometimes, you know, like people don't really understand but like my for me, my parents are my parents and I just love and adore them so much. And I had such an amazing family that adopted me and that I got to grow up and be a part of. Oh, that's so wonderful. You know, when I was growing up, my sister and my brother who were from Vietnam were very close in age to me. And my brother and I are actually eight months to the day apart from each other. So we were in the same grade and people thought we were oh, wow. twins. Okay. Yep. <laughs> they funny things like, I can see the resemblance. And I'd be like, no, you can't, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> but just the, you know, monolithic Asian thing, I suppose. Yes. But yeah, I, and you know, in my family, we really didn't hold on to a lot of our culture. It's nice that in your family, you had those moments where you could get yeah. together and eat food. I think maybe once in a while we would go to, I grew up on Long Island and in Queens, every once in a while we would go to these Korean fairs and have, you know, kimchi and lots of good food. And I think that, you know, something in me sparked whenever I had kimchi because you know, I just have <laughs> such a love for it. I've got vats of it here in my yes. in my fridge now. But yeah, it is interesting growing up, especially in such a small town that you did, being Asian and kind of feeling like, well, maybe I am different in some way, but not really knowing it. Yeah, it's like yeah. early on, you just don't recognize it, but something feels amiss and you're not quite mm -hmm. sure what it is. Yeah. 
for sure. Yeah. So while your birth and adoption story is so special, it's not the thing that you feel makes you most different. You also have a birthmark. Do you want to tell us what the skin type is that you have? Yes. So I have port wine stain and blue Nevis or Nevis of Oda. So the port wine stain is like the red coloring that you see on my face, which is actually a vascular birthmark. So basically the blood vessels in my skin have been malformed sometime during birth. They're not exactly sure what causes it. Um, They think it's kind of like a genetic mutation. And so they're just much closer to the surface and they stay dilated. And so that's what causes that red pigmentation. And then the Nevis of Oda is the blue mark you see down here on my neck. And then it goes even into my eyes. And so that's just kind of a, like more of a, just a pigmentation discoloration, I guess. Okay. So since it's a birthmark, you had it since you were a baby and it's been there all your life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that, you know, when you were younger, you mentioned about going to see the doctors and having some treatments and things like that. Can you tell us about that whole journey? Yeah, so I got treatments from the time that basically when my parents took me home, I think I started treatments shortly thereafter. And then I got them until I was about 12 years old. My parents made sure to try and make those experiences as positive as they could be for me. I think a lot of misinformation is that it's just purely cosmetic. There's a lot of like actual medical reasoning on having laser treatments um, for Port Weinstein, especially over time, because it is a vascular birthmark, it can grow and change. And so it can thicken and it can just cause other issues and things like that too. So they, like I said, they tried to make it as positive as an experience they could for a child, you know, having to go into the doctor and going under anesthesia and all that. And I had amazing nurses and whatnot. And like my dad would usually take me down. And so like when I look back at those times, like there are things that I hated about it, but also it was like a special time for me and my dad to bond. And like, we always got like a special meal afterwards and everything. So as far as treatments overall, it was like a really great experience. But I did have one experience when I was seven years old, and I had gotten a new doctor, they had a new machine, and the machine was turned up too high. And I ended up with burns all over my face. And I still have some scarring from it. So basically, it blistered all over. Um, And as you can imagine, that was really hard for like my parents and my mom to see and like see me go through so much pain. And like, I had to stay home like extra days from school and whatnot, because I had these giant blisters all over my face. And I think that was like one of the most pivotal moments in my life of realizing how different I was because I did go, I obviously stayed out of school for a little while after that, but I did eventually go back and like, I still had some of the like blisters and things. And I remember being in the bathroom with another little girl and her like just staring at me like I was some sort of monster or like just like that's how I felt at the time. And maybe that, you know, wasn't the case, but like, just remember being stared at and just really feeling so out of place and uncomfortable in my skin at that time. Oh, and so was that the last time that you did have treatments or did you continue to have any after that? No, we continued until I was about 12 years old. And then we stopped treatments at that point because we weren't, the doctors weren't really seeing any progression with my birthmark as far as, you know, growth or thickening and things like that. And like, we weren't seeing any difference as far as like my birthmark was lightening or anything like that. And at this point, I know it's not, it's something that would, I mean, I would probably never get it removed anyways fully, but it's also probably just not like something realistic to have fully removed. But it's such a part of me now that I wouldn't want that anyway. Yeah, yeah. So then of course, you know, you're a tween and then you become yeah. a teen. And then I think at some point you started to experiment with makeup. Can you tell us about what that was like? 
Yeah. So in my town, we had two elementary schools that went into one middle school. So during elementary school, like I was very lucky in the fact that I didn't feel like I had any like major bullying issues or anything like that because everybody grew up with me. They knew what it was. They'd seen it. It was what it was. But of course, when you get to middle school, you're adding new kids in. Right. And so at that point, and middle school is hard enough the way it is. (laughs) And so at that point, again, I had stopped treatments and I was going into middle school and I was super self-conscious. And that's when I started to wear makeup. Okay. Okay. And you were sort of using it as a mask more than anything because of your self-consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely like my security blanket, my mask, like I would not go out without makeup on. And the makeup that they made for birthmarks specifically was so thick and cakey and just gross. So that was another reason why I like originally when I started wearing makeup, I kind of hated it because number one, I was using it as that mask. Number two, it was thick and cakey. And I felt like I had to have it on all the time, like to the point where if I went and had a sleepover with a friend, I would get up before everybody else and put my makeup on. Oh oh my goodness. And so your parents didn't have any issues with you at a younger age, just starting to wear makeup because they understood. Gosh, I I was not allowed to wear makeup until I was 16 years old. I was like, really? And then it was, of course I did. I I totally went to the bathroom in like, you know, high school and whatnot and like threw on makeup. But, but yeah, that's that to me was like torture and unbearable because I was not comfortable with the way that I looked being Korean or just like my skin. I had terrible, yeah. terrible acne when I was, you know, growing up and I just hated the way that I looked. And so I was using it as a mask too, in my own way to try mm-hmm. to, you know, just hide or turn yeah. myself into somebody that I kind of could put up with. I suppose. <laughs> Wow. And then so afterwards, interestingly enough, you started to develop a knack for it because I think that when you develop this hard relationship with it, it almost forced you to become a master of your own nature, so to speak. And so you were self-taught for a while and then you decided to go into aesthetic school, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. So I was definitely in the era of like, you know, when beauty YouTube was really big and everything like that. And so that's when I started seeing, and I've always been like a creative person. So that's when I started seeing makeup as more than just a way to hide myself, but also a way to let out a creative outlet. And also I still have these memories, right. Of like using at birthmark specific foundations and things like that. And I'm like, after watching some of these YouTube videos, I'm like, there has to be like a better way for me to like do my cover-up makeup when I want to do it and so I started kind of exploring that more and that's how I really got into makeup Mm. in a more like and wanting to like pursue that as my career yeah so did you do that right after high school nope so I actually have my bachelor's degree I went to a four-year college have a degree in communication and then it was even a few years after that I kind of was getting more comfortable in my skin and in myself and realizing that I wanted to share more of my story and so Nikki Tutorials put out a power of makeup video where she did like a half face with makeup and a half face without and just showing, you know, the power of makeup and what it does. And like, you know, you you can embrace yourself both ways. And that's the year that I decided to apply for aesthetic school. And that's the first time I also posted online a photo. So when I made my announcement that I was going back to school to be an esthetician, I posted a photo of me with half makeup on and half without and just saying, you know, I was kind of sick of hiding and sick of feeling like I had to hide and wanted to share my story. And so that was the first time that I put my birthmark out there on social media. And what was the reaction? 
it was super positive and really amazing. Um, just even seeing like kids from high school and stuff reach out and be like, this is so cool, Becca. I'm so proud of you. And, you know, just having other people that reached out and were like, you know, I haven't seen somebody else that looks like me that has this or whatever. And being able to relate to people on that kind of level. I love that. And I want to take a pause for a moment because I don't know if it comes across as impactful or as important as it should, but it should. The fact that you were living with your skin in a way that caused you to not like yourself and caused you to feel uncomfortable and want to hide. And then this one moment where you decided to do this was so brave. I mean, I think, and I'm going to cry. I do that. (laughs) I'm going to cry. But it takes such courage to finally be okay with ourselves. And sometimes it takes years. We get to be adults Mm -hmm. and we're still not okay with ourselves. I'm still figuring this stuff out sometimes. And I'm like really old, but it's like, you know, just getting to that place where you're like, you know, I'm going to show you what I've been living with. And Mm -hmm. now I'm going to be okay with myself and you're going to see more of this and I'm okay and comfortable being public about it. And think of all the other people, Nikki helped you to get to this point, but think Mm -hmm. of all the other people that are now looking to you as a role model, because you were brave enough to take that step and show yourself. And then from there, it's like, oh my gosh, could you have ever imagined? No. No, I definitely could not have it. Like what I get to do now and being able to have a community that like understands and appreciates me for me and like all parts of me. Cause like, that's my big thing too. You know, I have a love for makeup, but I also have a love for showing off my birthmark and my natural skin, but I just want people to know it is okay. You can love both of those parts equally. (laughs) We don't have to choose one or the other. Like, I think that's a big thing for me and something I definitely promote. Yeah. Have you ever tried to join communities where there were people with like port wine stains and things like that had been something that you've explored? Yeah. So actually like a few years ago, I don't know why it didn't even occur to me sooner, but I was like, there has to be a Facebook group for other people who have port wine stain. I was like, I'm going to look that up. And so I did, I found a couple on Facebook of other people with vascular birthmarks and port wine stains like me. And then even when I, so when I started posting TikToks, I had never seen anybody with the birthmark like on my eyes, like I have. And all of a sudden I had a couple of people reach out they were like I've never seen anyone else with eyes like mine and I was like oh my gosh that's so cool like yeah that is so sweet and I read somewhere where you said like earlier on I never thought that anybody would ever want to be in a relationship with me like who would want to date me so can you give us an update on your relationship status I'm married (laughs) (laughs) to a very handsome man if I do say so myself You have to like, let's spill the tea. Like, how did this happen? And tell us all about him. We're we're a Tinder relationship. (laughs) At the beginning of our relationship, because we have now been together for eight years, it's almost been. And so at the beginning of our relationship, it was when Tinder was new and I didn't tell anyone. I was like, yeah, we met through friends. But obviously he stuck around. So yeah, and I think telling him, he was like the first one that I really felt kind of comfortable just being like straight up honest with. Because for a lot of times, like with guys, I wouldn't like show, I wouldn't, they wouldn't see me without makeup on. And did your Tinder profile have you in full makeup? Yep. Yep. Okay. So then it was a reveal after. Yeah. You- 
Oh yeah. And I mean, this whole revelation of me being even more comfortable in my skin, I mean, has been even just within the past years, even our relationship. And he's seen me through the beginning of like, when I still wasn't really comfortable going out, like mm-hmm. without makeup on to like now where like, he pretty much just only sees me without makeup on. <laughs> But yeah, I just remember it being like a little bit scary to like show him and he was obviously super cool about it and just was like, oh, it's just like part of you, like whatever, you know? Oh my gosh. Well, there is hope. There are good (laughs) dudes in the world. Yes, That's one of them. Even on Tinder. (laughs) Well, he's the lucky one too, but yeah, I think that you're both lucky that you found each other and it seems like a beautiful thing. So congratulations and oh my goodness, that's wonderful. And now there's a lot of brands that are really supporting you too. Can you tell me what it was like when you first got like a brand that was interested in sponsoring? Yeah. So uh, actually one of the first brands that like posted me on their page, like was Rare Beauty. So Selena Gomez's brand, which I think their messaging is just so amazing and really just aligns with me as well. And so when they reached out and were like, I had done like a lip swatch video and they were like, can we share this on our social media? I was like, yeah, sure. Not really thinking anything of it. Right. Cause I'd been asked before and like nothing had really come of it. And then there was a day I was with my friend at her parents' house and we were having dinner and all of a sudden I opened my phone up and I'm like, why do I have a hundred notifications on my Instagram? <laughs> like, this is not normal. <laughs> and then I like, they keep like, I keep refreshing and it keeps saying like a hundred notifications and I'm like, what is going on? And then I realized like, cause people were like, oh, I found you from Rare Beauty. So Rare Beauty had reposted me and I was like, that was kind of the takeoff on my like Instagram and things. And then other brands slowly started reaching out and it's just been a wild experience for me getting to work with these brands that number one, some of them like at a point I couldn't afford these brands. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't dream of even being able to use them and now getting to like go on trips with them and being the face in some of their campaigns and things like that. It's been in like a very wild ride and out of body experience. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I see you get a lot of Charlotte Tilbury, not jelly or anything, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, I bought like, I was like able to buy one eyeliner and I was like, yes. Got to make sure this lap I'm like wearing it right now. You know, I, I, I keep yeah. it like stashed very neatly. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm like, oh, it must be nice to get all these. Guys. You did a NARS event and you were on yeah. It Cosmetic uh, yep, campaign. And I was part of Sephora Squad last year, which mm-hmm. was such a cool opportunity too. Yeah. So fantastic. Well, oh my gosh, how great that you're being recognized for your uniqueness and being celebrated for it too. And that really is the whole message here. It's about, and frankly, I, I know society has changed because it, this is the time when it is okay. And we have yeah. to say, yeah, gosh, it's actually for all the, the craziness that's going on in the world, it's actually a really mm-hmm. good time to be alive. And mm-hmm. because uniqueness is being celebrated more now than ever before, especially among beauty companies. And so, you know, I give a yeah. big hand clap and all of that to those companies that are really stepping up and showcasing real people, real bodies, mm-hmm. real skin, real beauty, mm-hmm. for sure. So do you have any advice for anybody else who might be struggling with their own self-confidence? I actually think a big part of it for me was faking it a little bit till I believed it myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of like, or like almost manifesting it, I guess. If you keep telling yourself you're confident, even in situations where you don't really feel confident, you're eventually going to feel confident, in my opinion. And I feel like that's what's kind of worked for me. Cause like, even still, like there have been times where I was like, oh man, I don't feel comfortable going out like without makeup on. And I'm like, just do it. 
and then I do it and I'm like I'm fine we're good like and so for me that's been a big thing of just kind of like telling myself that I'm going to be confident and that it's going to be okay and just believing it and then it eventually kind of just happens <laughs> exactly exactly and I like to say you know because it is practice you know you have to yep. take that first step and the first mm-hmm. step is always the hardest one but once you get past that then it's like oh okay yeah. and then it sinks into your knowing like you know nothing bad is going to happen especially if you're exuding that yeah. confidence and people are like hey I want to be yeah. like that because you know if she can be that self-confident with herself you know and mm-hmm. you know there's no reason that I can't either and so it helps to exactly. inspire others by you just getting to that place of being okay but yeah it is that moment where you're jumping off the cliff a little bit yeah yeah for sure <laughs> Well, Becca, I want to thank you so much for being on Role Models today. You're an absolute treasure. I'll put all of your information in the show notes so everybody knows where to find you. Please follow Becca Lee Beauty everywhere on social media. Thank you so much. Thank you.